Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and good evening, Baltimore. I'm your man, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of Man of the Mirror, along with our co-host tonight, Nichelle Johnson. Welcome back to the show, Nichelle. Can't hear you. Well, we're having a couple of technical difficulties, but Michelle is on tonight. We'll figure that out, and she'll be joining us momentarily. Uh, tonight, we will be discussing covenant relationship. What is it and its true meaning? And many of us have heard about covenant relationships or relationships, but we're going to dive into that tonight and just give 411. You know, because this is the sixth month into the year, and a lot of things have been going on in our lives, and we want to know what is going on, what it means about the Lord placed that upon my heart, so we'll get a better understanding of what covenant relationship is. And if you want to chime in and give chime in, just press the number one on your phone, and you'll be put in our queue. Okay, but before we get started, we are going to start off with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for lying down last night, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We just ask you just to bless us tonight, bless Michelle, Lord, and myself as we discuss covenant relationship and just find out what it is to be in, to be in a relationship with you, a contract with you something that's binding with you. But we just thank you, Lord, for man in the mirror, for his listeners, for those who support it, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for everything you've done and are going to do for this show. Let's go these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Just give us a second. We're, we're going to just check one of those technical difficulties one moment. Do apologize for that. We're going. We're still working on uh, technical difficulties. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. There she goes. Okay. Welcome back to the show, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. That wasn't a warm welcome. <laughs> I apologize. That was a hard welcome. <laughs> the devil is busy, Thank but you. we are here. Now, I'm going to read something about your show. Have you ever made a promise to someone and come to find out that it was hard to keep that promise, Michelle? Have you ever had that talk with God that if he ever gets you out of the situation, you've gotten yourself in, that you can never do it again? Ha! Well, we've all been there, and it actually gets us nowhere. But for the grace of God and his mercies that are new every morning, God continues to forgive us 
and is waiting for us to get it together. Tonight, we're going to talk about something that many people don't really want to talk about. We're discussing covenant relationship. And you're asking, what is it? A covenant is literally a contract in the Bible, an agreement between God and his people in which God makes promises to his people and usually requires certain conduct from them. In the Old Testament, God made agreements with Noah, Abraham, and Moses. And the definition of relationship is the way in which two or more concept objects or people are connected or the state of being connected. So in turn, you're in covenant relationship with God. You, me, us are in contract with God. Do you believe that, Michelle? I absolutely do. Hey, give me, what do you think a covenant relationship is? When you when you are in covenant, when you, give me, what do you think? Because we're just, you know, we're going to go back and forth with this, but what, what's on your mind when you say covenant relationship? Well, honestly, the way that I consider it is commitment. So it's just like uh, like a marriage or something like that. It's like you make a, a promise, you're bound to something, you make a promise, you're committed to it. Okay, commitment. And that was actually mm-hmm. one of the scriptures that um, Ephesians 5.25 that I was actually um, looking at. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, so that's a commitment. You know, Christ gave his life for the church. He was committed. He was in covenant relationship with the church. So he gave his life for us because he was in relationship in relationship with us. So, yeah, it's a commitment. It's a contract. Now, when people go to get married, what's the first thing they got to get? A marriage license. You know, today you got to have a license for everything. Got a license to drive. You have a license to sell liquor you gotta have and you gotta have a license to get married. So that just keeps track of what's going on. So people won't be marrying two, four, five, six people. But it's a you're 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 in contract with the state. Whatever state you're living in, you're in contract saying, Hey look, I'm only gonna have this one wife or one husband. So that's a that's like on the show said, that's a covenant relationship. That is a relationship because that's a contract. And when two people get married, as we did, we are in first, you're in covenant with God. And let's, let's remember, you are, we are in covenant with God first. That's, you know, and then we are in covenant, cover, um, covenant with each other. So people have to realize that covenant and that contract first is with God. And then is with the other, um, other party. So, again, we come back up. As you said, it's a contract. And, um, when, you know, Ephesians 5.25, again, says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So if Christ did that, then as husbands, we are to do the same thing. And I'm going to, and I'm going to give you something that I looked up and I just love the way they put it. And then we can, we can discuss this. We're going to discuss step by step. I heard a story about a train traveling through the night in a very violent rainstorm. 
The lightning flashes were almost blinding. The rain hitting the windows was deafening, and the strong gust winds rocked the train from side to side. When the lightning flashes and lighted up the darkness, the passengers could see the rising water along the tracks. This created terror in the minds of the passengers. Several passengers noted that through all the noise, lightning, and wind, one of the passengers and when one of the passengers, the little girl, seemed to be at perfect peace. The adult passengers couldn't figure out why the little girl was so calm during this excitement. Finally, one of the passengers asked her, how is it that you can be so calm when all the rest of us are so worried about what might or could happen? The little passenger smiled and said, my father is the engineer. What did you think about that, Michelle? Well, I think she had some confidence in it. What do you think? She she had some confidence. That's just a scenario. Uh, mm-hmm. That confidence in God. God is the engineer, and she really had some confidence in Him. Um, Hebrews six Hebrews eight six to twelve says this. I'm going to bring that up. Hebrews 8, 6 through 12, and it says this. But in the fact, in the ministry Jesus received, it is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator. He is mediator. I'm sorry, but in the fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, the days of the coming, declares the Lord, which I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel, or he's going to make a new contract with the people of Israel with the, and the, with the people of Judah. I will not be, it will not be like the covenant I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. They broke the contract, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they cheat their neighbors to say to say one to another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So that was like a contract renewal. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Okay, so we talked about that. A covenant is a binding agreement between two parties, two or more parties, expressly for the performance of some action. A covenant cannot be held by one person. That's interesting. So 
a covenant cannot be held by one person. A covenant is held between two or more people. So God was, at this point, God was renewing the contract or renewing the covenant, you know, to the Israelites. And it said in 13, by calling the covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is to be obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. So when he made that new covenant, it forfeited the the prior one. And only God can do that. Because we how many again, how many of us have ever said, Well God, if you get me out of this, I'll 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 go back to church. Or God, if well, you get me out of this, I'll do this. <laughs> well God, if you if you just do this one more, one more, you know, I'm going to do this. How many of us have ever made those promises to God? The silence is deafening. But, <laughs> but it's true. I've, we've all been there. I've done it. You know, I'm honest. I've done it. Like, Lord, if you just get me out of this, I'll never do that again. Well, but they say never say never. You know, we all we, we all do it. But he is so gracious and forgiving. Because as he was with the Israelites, because he, he loved them. He knew they were gonna mess up. He knew they were gonna mess up that covenant, but he gave them covenant renewal. He said again in thirteen, it says by calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. So, you know, God, he wants the best for us. He will never turn away from anything that's not, you know, again, when we mess up, he will always be there. He will always be there. Um, Psalms and Psalms um, 1830, as for God, his way is perfect. Psalms 145:17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. And one author, you know, one quote said, the church sign said, Are you falling away from God? Who moved? God is right where you left him. You like that? Somebody wrote Amen. on it, you know, as one of those one of those, are you all you are you feeling, feeling, supposed to falling? Are you feeling away from God? Who moved? God is right where you left him. So, you know, when we mess up, God is still there always waiting. I like the story of the prodigal son. You know, when the, you know, he said, well, Dad, give me what's mine. So, Father gave him what was his. He went away. Wasted all his stuff. Blew all his money, parted hardy, ran out of money. Just a short paraphrase version. Went mm-hmm. to, you know, work with a farmer and was starting to, the sop of the, sop of the um, pigs was starting to look good to him. So he said, wait, let me get myself together and go back home. And, his, and he didn't know that his father was waiting right there with arms open wide. He was looking for him daily. But that's how God is. He renewed his covenant with his son. You know, he renewed his covenant with his son. 
Now, here's, a, here's another fact. I'm giving a lot of facts. In a covenant relationship, it takes both sides living up to their end of the bargain. Hmm. How many people, when you have when you have deals with people, Michelle, how many people always live up to their end of the bargain? Well, we as humans, we often break our end of the bargain or don't quite hit the mark a lot. <laughs> a lot, right. In a covenant covenant relationship with God, if you will do your part, he will do his part. And when we have covenant relationship with God, he can't lie. He can't go back on his promise. If he if we do our part, he'll do his part. And many times, even if we don't do our part, he still does his part because he keeps his promise. You know, you know, and, and that should make us feel bad many times, Michelle, because you know we are in relationship. When you're in a relationship with someone, you know, parents to their children, husbands to their wives. Um, Children, you know, children to their, you know, even adult children to their parents. When you're in a relationship with them, everybody wants to keep their part and do their part in agreement, you know, as a parent, as a husband, um, as a wife, even covenants with your friends. If you're in a relationship with your friends, you want to keep that. Now, what I'm going to do is, um, as I was doing some research, we're going to do some. As I was doing some research, there are a couple of you know one or two that I made that that dive into um, that God made with man um, relationships that God actually made with man. And if you're tuning in, you're listening live with the Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. We are discussing. Let's talk covenant relationship. Um, you can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. In Genesis 6, 18, with thee will I establish my covenant, this is God talking, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark and keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, twenty of, of, of fowls of their kind and a cattle of their kind, of every creeping thing on the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come into thee to keep them alive and take thou unto thee all of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be food for thee and for them. Didn't know according to what God commanded him, so he did. We find a covenant between God and that man named Noah. So God made a covenant between Noah and him, a contract. I'm going to take care of you. You do what I tell you, and I'll take care of you. Noah did his part. And God did his part. So that's a contract. Again, a contract is between two or more parties. It can't be, you can't have a contract with a covenant with yourself. Some people may think so, but you Mm -hmm. can't have a covenant with yourself. 
And God spake unto Noah and his sons with him, saying, And I will behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, the cattle, and of the beasts, and of the earth with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall a all flesh be cut off more by the waters of the flood, neither shall there be any more of the flood to destroy the earth. So what God is basically saying, I remember reading this story growing up, that I'm not going to destroy the earth by water anymore. I made that promise. Many of, Again, like I said in the beginning, many of us make a promise. Many of us make a promise. But God, once God says, I will not do this again, it will not happen. He is not going to do that again. So, you know, that's a covenant. That was a Noah had a covenant relationship with God. God was about to destroy the earth. And God said, If you do this, I will save you and your family. It will behoove Noah to, you know, say, Well, look, I don't believe this. And, you know, Noah thought for a minute it hasn't rained and there's no water around for a while, but God said, build the ark. So Noah was obedient. That's one thing being part of a covenant. We have to be obedient. You can't go left. You can't go right. You have to be obedient. And it's kind of hard for us people to be obedient in the show. But you, you know, any comments? Yeah, I, I think one of the things, and I was kind of, um, waiting to bring this out because I think it's it's important to know what covenant really, really means in, I guess if you want to call it layman terms, uh, what it means for us today, like what does it mean in my everyday walk with God to be in covenant with him? But we do things, you know, quicker than our mind can really catch it sometimes and we you know we disappoint God sometimes but I think one of the things that we really need to take hold of is the the whole uh fact of repentance in the word and mm-hmm. so when when we're talking about you know breaking covenant with him it's when we go against him because I really wanted to wanted to kind of you know end up there because I I feel like that's where you're going with that, which is all the ways that we can really break our covenant and um, disconnect ourselves from God because he, and I think you just made that point a second ago, which is he never leaves us. He doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's us. So, you know, he is He is not a man that he can lie, and, and that's what the word of God says, sorry, human, but we do, we lie sometimes, but God is not a man that he should lie. He, God does not lie. He does not go back on his promises, and he does not break covenant. You know, with us, we're normally doing that with him. And so he he left away. So I think that's important to know that even if you realize I'm I'm breaking my covenant with God, then there's a way that you can get back in the right place with him. 
And it's all because of Jesus. What Jesus did, it allowed us to have that opportunity because, mind you, before Jesus did that, we did not. We did not have that opportunity. If we broke covenant with God, uh, it was just broken. And there was no, you know, sin separated us. And there was really no way to get back. And there were harsh consequences and penalties for that. But when Jesus came, he he left a way for us to right ourselves when we get a little bit off track. So I think that's one of the major things to remember. And I, I was just thinking about that while we were talking, that, that, that there's always a way to come back to God. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 There is always a way to come back to God. That's what he was saying. Um, Like a covenant renewal, you know, Uh what we're talking about. And Hebrews, Hebrews 8, 6 through 12, that's basically what was going on there. It was covenant renewal because, again, I'll repeat that by calling this covenant new or renewal, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete is outdated, will soon um, disappear. And that's what Michelle was saying is that, you know, we can come back. We can come back. You know, that is what God is looking for because covenant is relationship. And that's why I said let's talk covenant relationship, not just a contract. We When we make a contract between man Man, real quick, if you don't abide by that contract, huh? <laughs> Tom Michelle, if if you don't abide by that you're contract, to, they got issues and problems. They got issues and problems because you done breached the contract. They're ready to take you to court. They're ready to take everything you own because it's not a relationship. It's just a contract. But when you have a covenant relationship, God, as much as we love our kids, they may promise to, how many of us, our kids promise to do this and they promise to do that. We can't disown them and say, you're not our child anymore because they broke that promise. Or they made a, you know, they may, they say, look, I'm going to take care of this. But it didn't happen. We can't do that as parents. And God doesn't want to do that with us. God doesn't want to do that with us because he loves us too much for that that to happen. I wanted he loves to us read, too much um, for that. I wanted to read Psalms 85 and 4, um, the NIV version. It says, restore us again, God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. And that restore us again. That that is really what that um, that repentance does for us when we come back to God and um, and while we're talking about repentance, I want to be sure because people just think repentance um, means admitting that you did something wrong. <laughs> repentance, okay. Repentance means confessing your sins, which is basically the admitting that you did something wrong. And then some people don't believe that they have to admit it by word because God knows everything. 
anyway, but it's not even that. It's that God knows that you're admitting it to yourself, really, that you did this wrong. He knows you did it wrong, mm-hmm. but you're admitting it openly that I did I, I did this wrong against you, Lord. And then the, the next part is asking for that forgiveness, but we already know, but it's just a, a asking of the forgiveness. It's like a formality because we know that God will forgive us, but we have we we have to ask for the forgiveness, but He'll forgive us, and then turning away, and that turning away is where a lot of us get hung up at. We don't do the turning away part; we just keep doing the sin, the confession, and the asking for forgiveness, and we we forget the turning away. So that's part of it. And that is actually the main part of what allows the relationship to be restored and allows God's displeasure to be put away is when we do the turning away. He he already knows we did wrong, but he wants us to openly admit it. Mm-hmm. We already know that he'll forgive us, but he wants us to ask for the forgiveness. But... Mm-hmm. That turning away is the only part that he can't, he has no control. That's our will. And so he knows the end of everything, but we are the ones who have to make that decision to turn away from what we're doing, what's breaking that covenant with God, what's interfering with our relationship. So I just wanted to read that. I thought it, it said it very nicely what what that repentance really means. Amen, amen, amen. We are at the halfway mark and that was we thank you for that, Michelle. Um with the halfway mark it is now nine thirty and we'll take a break here a little bit from our our supporters, a few notes from our supporters. Music instruction for all learners where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. Another sponsor is Curvy Bowls Project. Curvy Bowls Project was created to empower, inspire, and change the lives of full-figured women Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at the Curvy Boss Project. We're going to take a few minutes and just remember that he made a way. Now, and when it looks at 
as if we can't win. Wrap within your arms and step in. And everything we need you to supply. You got this in control. And now we know that you made our way. When our backs were against the wall, and it looked as if it was over, you.
a little bit about where you left off at with another promise that was made to another person in the Bible. Uh, Genesis 17, 1 to 5. And we all know this story. And when Abram, Abram was nine, 90 years old and nine, that's 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant a contract between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. All right, Michelle, this man is 99 years old. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. God's covenant slash contract relationship, because he had a relationship. He was walking with him and talking with him. With Abraham, 99 years old, God cut the deal with Abraham. His wife was well-aged as well, well past the childbearing years. And to this day, the Jewish people talk about Father Abraham. Why? Because it is that covenant between God and Abraham. That's the reason they even exist. But as you read on in the Old Testament, we find out that God made many covenants with the Hebrew people. But it seemed like God would do miracles, free them from slavery, or help win the battle. Then they would turn right around and forget. Didn't we just talk about that? Mm-hmm. We just talked about that. Yeah, I, I may just, God, if you just help me right now, I will I will sell everything I have and give to the poor. God help you out. And you forget about that promise you made him. Well, God, if you help me out right now, I will go to church every Sunday for the next six months. By the second week, you're already back home. Well, mm. God, if you help me out right now, I will go down to the shelter and help help those people. So by the a few times you go down and then you start dwelling down the way. So it's like you're trying to get that Band-Aid for that fix right now. But then you turn around and go back to your old ways. So what they say, there's nothing new under the sun. This is these things. People got to remember, the Old Testament was before the New Testament. And a lot of things that we're actually going through in society right now were happening in the Old Testament. But we forget about that because then they would turn right around and forget God. God said, go and get the land. And they wandered around the desert for how many years? Forty years. Why? They had lost faith in God that cannot, and a God that cannot fail. They did not keep end of the bargain, the covenant. That's why they went through all the things they went through in the show. It wasn't that God wasn't there. He was there all the time, but they had left him. All this is in the Old Testament. Someone may ask the question, what all they have to do with us today? I, I'm, I'm not you, Ash. Turn back to Hebrews 8. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, which I just read, that's 8.13, a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
So what does that got to do with us today? We go through the same thing. A lot of people say, well, what's that got to do with us? We go through the same thing. God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to wake up, you know, and smell the coffee. It's like, I'm with you all the time, so why do you keep saying, I'm not here? He's there. We're just not We're just not following behind him the way we should. You know, we always say, well, you know, where is he? He's there. They wanted around 40 years. It's something, what they say, something that took, took them a couple of days to do, but only God can make you want wander around for 40 years for a couple of days journey. Kept okay, you were man. there, but he was he was keeping you from hitting the mark. So these are a couple of Noah. He made a covenant with Noah. He made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with the people of Israel. If they would just follow, obey, stick to their part of the bargain. Every time he helped them, they turned back away. They said it. Every time he helped them, they would go about their own way. It's like, God, please help me. Please help me. He helped you, then they're going again. God, please help me. He helped, then they're going again. So sometimes to me it's confusing. It's what do you really, it's like, what is the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. And that's what they were doing. They were expecting a different result, but God was with them the whole time. He was just waiting for them to get it together. Amen. Any comments, Michelle? I had a couple. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, because, you know, in the beginning you were talking about that marriage, how marriage is a covenant relationship. Um, and we know that in the Word of God, uh, which I think you may have mentioned this, but in the Word of God, you know, the church, which when we're saying the church, we're just talking about the body of Christ, the, the people, the body of believers who believe in Christ. But the church um, is, is God's bride. And we belong to him, just like that's that's we're a mirror of the marriage covenant between the man and the woman. We're a mirror of that the church and, and God. It's the it's the same exact kind of covenant uh, that we create when we when we promise to one another. With the marriage, of course, it's the vows and the things that we say unto God for all to witness and hear. And for the church is, is when we um, confess that we believe in Christ and that we believe that he died for us, was raised again. When we take that confession on and we say that we believe, we become part of the body of Christ. We become believers. We become joint heirs with Christ, and we become uh, the bride, part of the bride to God. And so... As the bride to God, you know, just like a, a regular bride that marries a man, we have obligations and things that we have to do. And if we don't do those things, then we constantly um, cause tears. And and this this is this is right home with me because I'm dealing with tears in my knee right now. So I know how a small tear can cause a whole lot of pain. <laughs> so. 
it's like the tear in my knee. Um, you know, we're de- we we cause these tears by the things that we do um, that put a strain on our relationship with God, and uh, it brings pain and it brings separation where there was a covenant. Mm-hmm. So we had that. We have that covenant, and now we're causing that separation, which we talked about, you know, using repentance to be able to bridge that separation and bring us back to God. But, you know, that's what all of that is causing. And and I was just looking at some of, some of the things that we do. You know, just imagine if it was a wife doing these things to her husband. You know, then you would see the correlation because a lot of times, um, we look at spiritual things like it's just way above our way of thinking or it's just so spiritual that we can't get it, you know, sometimes. And we need it on on eye level with us. We need to be able to see on a natural plane what what this means. And I think looking at the marriage relationship is one of the best ways to kind of liken what is going on when you are breaking the covenant relationship with God. And there's things like, um, like one of the things that a lot of people do not think about, but actually one of the, um, the ministers at my church, they, they preached about this one day and it was eye opening was, was um, holding the Sabbath day. And so people were like, Oh, well, okay. You know, I go to church, I worship on, on, you know, and uh, we we know it's a lot of controversy about the Sabbath day, about Saturday and Sun versus Sunday and all that. But I'm I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about keeping a day holy for God. So let's just leave it there and not get into the specifics of which day it's supposed to be and all of that. But um, so keeping a, keeping a day that's holy for God, you know that. If you liken that to a wife, that's making time for her husband. So if a wife is, is just too busy to spend time with her husband and deal with anything, dealing with him and doesn't take the time to show him appreciation or show him love or show him, you know, that that she's there, they're in this thing together, like just sit down for a moment and spend time with her husband, that relationship will suffer. So the same way the minister that was preaching that message brought out that the Sabbath is a day that we're just supposed to keep holy for God, that that we're supposed to, they, they even went so far as to talk about how um, the Lord wanted the Israelites when they were, um, you know, in the wilderness to keep the day holy, so holy that he didn't even allow them to, to get um, to go out and gather manna on that day, he made enough for two days, so they didn't have to go out on that day. And Amen. So, go ahead, preach, and girl, it, preach, preach. I'm just saying, it was a good message. I was like, oh my gosh! And we do this on a regular. You know, we talk about Sunday is the day that we get ready for Monday through Friday. So we go to church. Yes, we'll go to church. But then we'll come home, we cooking this five course meal, we uh washing clothes, you know, we we running errands to try to get ready for the week. Where in that day, other than those couple of hours you spend at church, 
did you concentrate on your relationship with God and, and, amen, renew yourself by just basking in his glory, renew yourself to get yourself prepared for the rest of the week so that you could carry out his will so that your mind could be stayed on him so that you can hear him speaking to you all week when he's telling you to go bless this sister or go speak a word to that brother or to go mm-hmm. give give $10 to this person because they were absolutely broke this week and didn't know how they were going to make it till payday tomorrow and their car is on empty and they did not even sure if they could make it home and don't have anybody to ask for a dime. God told you to give them $10, but you so tired, you so worn out, you so, you know, into whatever it is you had going on Saturday, Friday, Sunday, that you aren't even listening as God is trying to lead and direct you and use you as we promise that he can when we accept him and tell him that we're going to follow him and we're going to lay down all our uh, burdens and take up, take up, um, his cross and you know so it's just it's bigger than what we think (laughs) it's it's bigger than what we think and so we need to consider even the smallest things yes we do know the lying the stealing the adultery fornication Um, I'm just trying to cover all the ten commandments those things that he brought out that we should not do because that's sin and that separates us um, from, from him but when you start looking at the more spiritually based things, not the not the what you shall and shall not do, those things that we know about, but more spiritual things as far as relationship with him and, you know, not turning your back on him when he is telling you to, to speak a word or asking you to do something um, and he wants to use you and you refuse, you know, that that's all things that we can liken until a real merge and see how it could really damage the relationship. So, you know, I just, what was that? (laughs) I just, I just really wanted to bring, I just really wanted to bring that out because sometimes we think so high and mighty, we can't get down to the natural, um, you know, meaning of what something is all about. And I, I I just want people to keep that kind of stuff in in, in mind when we're talking about that. Amen. Amen. We're that why that was good. That was good. That was good. That was a good correlation, you know, with the you know, things that's going on with your leg and the tears and the rips and how it can cause pain and a relationship or that binding covenant or that contract. Because many times we don't know that many times when we're going through stuff, we're breaching, we're on the verge of breaching that contract with God because the Israelites did it many times. So, and we do the same thing. But, um, you know, any, you know, I know that was your, you were just saying that, but we're winding <laughs> down the last three minutes of the show. So, you know, do you have any la- lasting comments? Amen. I'll I'll make it short and sweet, which is consider God in all things, every decision you make, everything you do, every bit of time that you have of your day. Consider him and just uh, do like you would a natural husband 
Show him appreciation and love and commitment just like you would in a natural marriage because we, we as the church are the bride of, of Christ. Amen, amen. I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening. And, and as we discuss covenant relationship, remember, when you make that promise to God, remember you're in covenant relationship with him. You're entering into a contract with the one who loves you most. And with that said, this is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off, and we'll see you at the mirror. Crazy.